Sharon Collin and you are listening to the ADHD Families Podcast. I am a mum of three beautiful boys with ADHD. I love being a mum, but my home life was absolute chaos and the stress of daily life had a terrible effect on my health. My husband had so many horror-filled stories of growing up with ADHD that I decided I wanted to change the experience for my little boys. So I got to work and I systematically changed and streamlined my family's lives to suit the ADHD brain. And now that I have my family on track, I want to help yours. Do you want a life with your beautiful kids that is more functional, fun, and full of joy? Let's explore together the wonderful and sometimes wacky world of raising kids with ADHD. Hello everyone, welcome to the ADHD Families Podcast. I'm so excited to have our wonderful guest here, Marianne. Marianne is a theatre maker turned psychologist whose big, hairy, audacious goal is to see the end of unnecessary human suffering in her lifetime. This mission has been the driving force behind her obsession with all things related to meaningful living and human potential, as can be seen in her research, private clinical practice and families and teens. Uh, She also does executive coaching and speaking work across a wide range of industries, both here in Australia and overseas. For the past four years, Marianne and her sister Jenna have been building the Posify Group, an award-winning socially conscious education company, equipping Gen Z with the future skills, mindset and purpose they'll need to thrive in the future world and workforce and supporting industry leaders to build more inclusive practices that enable them and their people to upgrade their own and their people's impact. A multi-passionate entrepreneur, Marianne loves finding creative ways to scale practical scientific strategies that make people's lives feel more purposeful and filled with joy. She is a proud, um, she's proud to be twice exceptionally gifted with ADHD and raising two twice exceptionally gifted teens and is a fierce advocate for neuro-inclusive practices that help others to realise and develop their untapped potential. Welcome, Marianne. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Sharon. That's so funny hearing that out loud. <laughs> you can definitely hear the ADHD in there, can't you? Bit of this, bit of that, bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's pretty impressive. I, I just wanted to jump in with one question first. Yeah, go for it. Um, some of our viewers might not be familiar with the twice exceptionally gifted mm. tag. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Sure can. And I think it's a really significant one. It's one I'm sort of moving a few conversations on because there's a lot of talk around ADHD and neurodivergence. You know, obviously we have autism, um, tics and Tourette's and dyslexia, dyspraxia. But twice exceptional is a specific profile where we see that neurodivergence. So brains wired a bit differently in that way or, or what we would say in the clinical space of a neurodevelopmental disorder, although I don't like that term, let's say difference. And then also giftedness, which in itself is um is also a form of neurodivergence. And so what you see with a twice exceptional profile is something, and I'm going to do the psychobabble thing, and I know you don't like this, Sharon, so, so <laughs> hold with me, but you might see what we call a spiky profile. And so it's where you've got extraordinary um, gifts. And when I say gifts, you know, you're talking in that, in that higher percentage. So we tend to say in the top 
10 percent um but then you've got these sort of deficits and so there's a real gap often between uh, what we'd expect to happen in potential and then what happens in performance um and and so i think it's really a significant conversation because there's a lot of the twice exceptionals i think as adults who have missed a diagnosis of then the the neurodevelopmental difference um, or neurodivergence. And on the flip side, you know, we know in, in schools, um, if you only catch the neurodivergence, sometimes you can miss the gifted. And so and it's we've got we think in Australia some research being done around two hundred and eighty thousand young people um, who are probably twice exceptional and yet we don't actually have any national guidelines to help identify and support mm. these kids. Um, so a lot of them are just falling through through the gaps. Um, and so, you know, my own experience of raising my own two-year kids and seeing, you know, how challenging it can be to find support and services that understand, you know, their unique strengths and struggles has really, um, has really motivated my work in sort of drawing attention to this particularly unique profile. Well, thank you so much for that, because I think that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Can you tell me a little bit about your ADHD journey? <laughs> I think the bio said a lot, really, didn't it? Um, yeah, so I was <laughs> I was identified as gifted as a really young kid, which, um, you, you know, like in Australia in particular, it's something that up until recently I shied away from. It's only in doing this work of raising awareness I'm leaning into it. Um, but, you know, went through all the accelerator programs, um, was put into the specific gifted programs and all that jazz. Um so looking back, you know, I was that typical hyperactive ADHD kid who, you know, woke up at the crack of dawn and filled my day uh, with co-curricular activities. Uh, so I did everything under the sun, like really grabbed under my toolkit. Like when I say everything, there's literally not something I haven't tried formally, informally, whatever. Um, and I was lucky because I did really well, but I had a family as well who um, who were really willing and able to to make to make me happen in that way. Um, so I, I just had such a beautiful childhood and experience in that way. Um, I guess for me, the, the, I guess the, what's that saying? It didn't, things, things didn't unravel. That's what I'm looking at until, uh, more mm -hmm. recently. Um, and, it took me by surprise because, you know, my background in psychology, I've been working with families for over 15 years now and trained in clinical psychology. And, um, so it took a friend sort of noticing my, I was going to say workflow. I'm going to say lack of workflow <laughs> to sort of say, yes. <laughs> so you've got these two neurodivergent kids. Um, have you ever kind of like wondered if maybe you might be ADHD? And at first I was a little bit kind of taken aback. I wouldn't say offended because I just, that's not my style, but I was taken aback and I thought, oh, wow, I've never kind of thought of ADHD in that way. You know, I always saw kids that hadn't really worked with any neurodivergent adults. Mm. Um, and so I thought, well, I'd be silly not to go take a look. Um, did a little bit of the rabbit hole as you do when you got a lot of hyper focus and started to recognize, oh, wow. Yeah. That, that ticks a few boxes. Um, so I was very diligent in my own process of diagnosis. I didn't want to slap happy. Yes. You tick enough boxes because I recognized that, you know, my diagnosis came in the middle of COVID. There's a lot going on. Um, so yeah, it was three sessions of assessment with a psychiatrist in Australia um, and pretty clear, pretty clear. turns out I'm, I'm the combined types of inattentive and hyperactive. Um, and that uh, diagnosis recognition has done a huge amount for me in terms of my identity piece and helping me understand, you know, the strengths, but also the struggles that I'd been masking for a really long time um, and having that sense of effort 
around the things that I did. Um, time blindness was a huge one, or it still is a huge one. I have to work a lot on understanding how time works and beginning to start to see it in my mind. And it sounds really strange. I'm sure to neurotypical people to go, what do you mean? But I literally couldn't see beyond a day in my mind. Um, so learning strategies for myself that I share with kids, but as an adult, um, to really undo a lot of, I guess, the bad habits that I developed for coping um, has made a massive difference for me. Oh, I love this so much. And I love hearing, I, I always love hearing um, the stories of people that are successful as well, because I know that a lot, you, you've done so many incredible things. And uh, I think one of the biggest fears that we have as parents, when you can see mm. kids struggling at school, you know, we, we have some, you know, especially someone like me who's up at the school every, every couple of oh, weeks yeah. with um, new, new troubles, new, new things that are going on, new levels, new devils, I always say. Um, you know, I like you that. Worry <laughs> if you're, yeah, sometimes you can worry if your child is going to be okay. And I get that feedback mm. a lot from our beautiful community. Like yeah. we, we so worry, but I love having beautiful examples and there is no shortage of them, of people that have been able to find their zone of genius or their, mm. their thing that they're passionate about and, and have such incredible impact and be so successful and, uh, and mm. be you know, a beautiful, positive role model as well. So it's just lovely to um, you know, have you here sharing a little bit about your story. Could you tell me a little bit about the Posify group and what you guys do and, and why you do that? Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you. That's very kind. Um, I have to be really honest and, you know, I'm a big fan of drawing back the curtains. Um, <laughs> the success doesn't come without struggle and everyone's definition of success is very different. Um, and so, you know, I, I certainly don't want to leave listeners with an impression that it's been an easy street because um, I don't know that that's necessarily the way for anybody, let alone whether you're neurodivergent or neurotypical. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly fun and it's wild. Uh, we, we founded the Posify group back in 2018, I think, for its current iteration. <laughs> My sister and I got together and I was getting really frustrated one-to-one clinical practice, recognizing that um, a lot of what we share from the sciences around what works to move kids from kind of languishing or not doing so well into doing well, but then into flourishing. Um, it was working really well one-to-one -one, and yet we were facing this massive mental illness crisis and, and kids were just more and more languishing. And I thought, well, we've got to learn to scale this. Like how can we take it to the masses and have a greater impact? And my sister at the same time was noticing uh, a lot of struggle happening in the classroom with disengagement and kids really um, starting to feel like what they were learning at school was irrelevant and not setting them up to deal with uh, what they were kind of describing as the wicked problems of the world. So together we were noticing this really purpose-driven generation that were feeling a little bit lost and at the same time had access to so much information. Um, so we got together mm. and kind of started getting curious about what would it look like to put together a, 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 a platform and a program that combined um, well-being education, so, you know, what I knew across from psychology, um, with career development and professional development. Um, to really prepare kids to navigate their world today, which is changing so rapidly, but also prepare for, you know, what they were quite worried about, which was their after school 
I guess, options and, and journeys. Um, so yeah, that was the Posify group. We used to do, fa- well, we still do, but we were doing face to face. We started with, um, face to face programs and lots of research and diving into, you know, what was working, what wasn't working along the way as we tested and curated a lot of the content and COVID struck, um, which uh, gave us the opportunity to pivot. Um, Jenna, who is also neurodivergent, another twice exceptional, taught herself software development skills literally overnight. And we bootstrapped Amazing. what's now the Posify <laughs> Academy. Yeah, I just have the Oh my gosh, so much awe <laughs> for that woman. And she was the first one to say, I'm not amazing, rah, rah, rah. But she is amazing. Um, and so we took our content, our curriculum, and we put it online and we tested it and piloted it with over a hundred schools across Australia. Um, and as a result, won the, um, the world class, uh, oh gosh, world class education top innovation challenge. There you go. Um, but Deloitte, it's a big oh, one, isn't it? Deloitte and the World Economic Forum. Yeah. So that was, that was really fun. It gave us a real kickstart, um, and helped us to see, you know, like the journey behind the scenes of, of going from startup and, and what you can do when you really, um, put purpose into motion. So we have a lot of fun over at Posify. We work with kids sort of from 10, right up to the ages of 25 across a trilogy series of programs. Um, and yeah, a lot of what we do is now available digital online with that mission to try and get these important evidence-backed skills and strategies into the hands of, of kids and families and schools who might not otherwise afford access. And so you're in- encouraging, uh, you know, that beautifully inclusive environment and, you know, encouraging, is it encouraging kids um, to think about what they want to do with their futures, um, as well as encouraging employers to perhaps be a little bit more inclusive or open-minded? How, how would, is, is that what, um, is that what is happening? And, uh, and yeah. how would, say, the average mum and dad um, that might be mm. listening and might be thinking, oh my God, like, I just have no idea what, where to get started Xavier is going to do when he grows up yeah lacking lacking direction he's kind of good at lots of things but uh you know I want to make sure that he finds something great to do when he gets out of school um that can hold his interest um how would you how would the average mum and dad access something like the Posify group yeah great question well this is exactly why we built the academy and why it's currently free um, for families to jump into so we like to flip the question of instead of well, what is it that you want to do we ask the kids and take them through a series of activities that help them to explore this we ask them well, what is it that you want to stand for and what's the impact you want to create in the world um Oh, good. Yeah, we find that a lot of people do. <laughs> and the reason we do that is because the research around purpose and so really getting clear on, you know, what your unique set of skills, strengths, values and interests are, thinking about that kind of as your north guiding star, then we know that it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. You can take that sense of purpose and sense of strong self-identity across any project and I guess the reason we, we decided to hone in on, on meaning and purpose is one, because we know from the research and the stats that we all want meaningful work and living. And that's the trend that I don't think is going to go anytime soon. Um, it's, it's actually a human drive. Um, and then second, in terms of purpose, um, we talk about transferable skills in the workforce and needing to be able to prepare to, you know, cross different industries and cross different jobs. Um, you know, back when we started the Posify group, the stats were, you know, most kids are going to cross five different industries and 17 different jobs. So I can tell you moving forward, it's a lot more than that. (laughs) It's such a changing world and workforce. Um, And there's a need for ongoing learning, right? Um, So in the academy, 
uh, all of the different uh, exercises that we do are all about helping the kids develop what we call their POSIFY portfolio. So we're taking the pressure out of kind of getting your grades and your marks and instead asking kids to really get to know themselves and asking families to get to know each other um, so that they can spot opportunities to apply their unique potential um, and to practice putting their strengths in action and get feedback around that. Because um, we know that the more positive feedback a young person can get about what happens and what the impact they create when they put their strengths in action, then they're more motivated to you know, move towards those professional and personal development opportunities to strengthen that. Um, so, you know, purpose grows over time and, it, and it's always shifting and shaping and reshaping. Uh, so what we found was when we were doing this with the kids, going to your point of why organisations, we're like, okay, great, well, we're preparing these kids with a really strong sense of self-identity, but then they go into the workforce and we're hearing from those people that they're like, well, how come we didn't do that? When we went to school, we want to know what our purpose is. <laughs> so it became this beautiful beautiful, you know, systems um, thinking lens of, okay, well, let's, let's go into workplaces and help them figure out how they can sort their, sort their people in a way that, that looks at their own impact as well. Um, so that's why we work across the both. Um, to your point about inclusive, probably by the nature of the fact that Jenna and I are both neurodivergent, we seem to have designed these programs that particularly attract our neurodivergent families. Um, and so we're working into 2023 uh, around, you know, where we started on inclusion of breaking down geographical and financial barriers to access, you know, high quality personal and professional development programs. In 2023, we're looking at over through a program called Messy Magic, how we can do that specifically for our neurodivergent families and also in the workplace as well to build more inclusive practices. Oh my goodness, I love this so much. And I mean, gone are the days where you would get a job out of school, you know, like our parents' generation, you'd get one job, you'd work your way up in that job and you'd be doing that job till like you retired. You know, as mm. you said, the work the workplace has changed now. We ch we go into different roles. You know, we we chop and change all the time, uh, and so our kids are likely to have lots of careers. And in a mm. way, you know, it's it's kind of great that we you can um, you know help the children identify what they're passionate about, what the, what means something to them, so they can stay engaged and uh, and you know go through their working career knowing what what things light them up and knowing what things yeah. hold their interest. Um, you know, so that they can be successful at it. We know, particularly with the ADHD brain, that it does quite mm -hmm. well with things that it's interested in and, uh, and especially if they're able to ask questions to keep their brain engaged. You know, how, mm -hmm. how wonderful that you can help teach them that uh, early on in the piece, you know, so that they can know that they can, it's okay to change careers and chop and change till they find their thing too because they're following what they're passionate about or what, you know, what, what lights them up. It's important. Yeah. So and it's a big paradigm a shift of, um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say it's a big paradigm yeah. shift oh. to something for our parents to get their head around, you know, because I think there's still that we're letting go of it, but that idea that our careers need to be linear. And so one other thing to keep in mind is that you know, obviously while we're focused on helping kids to move forward into the future, actually in, in participating in a lot of these self-development activities, the kids are learning those really critical 21st century skills that we know they're going to need. You know, as technology starts to ramp up, kids are really going to need more than ever skills like that creativity, knowing how to collaborate. And that can be really challenging, especially for our neurodivergent kids. Um, so we work a lot on that, um, you know, communication skills, how they can articulate 
are what's really important to them and what matters in a way that's respectful to the people that they're collaborating with. Um, so, you know, all of these 21st century skills are, are just how, how to be a good human, really, breaking it down. <laughs> how to be a good human <laughs> is just a really important part of learning. And if you could, if, you know, speaking to, you know, the mum and dads, the mums and dads listening to, uh, mm. to, to this podcast today, and they might have, you know, multiple kids that are neurodivergent and things going on. Um, if you could provide, you know, some practical, a few practical steps that you think they could do, you know, as a psychologist, as someone who's guiding um, children mm. with the POSIFI group, uh, what What's a couple of practical things that you could leave them with that they could do, you know, over the next couple of days or weeks to make them oh, feel easier wow. for themselves? So many. Yeah. Okay. So if we're going to go for the easy, if easy is our outcome, and I'm not sure if it ever can be, but let's aim for it. I like to aim high. Moonshot goal. <laughs> so definitely put your mask on first. And I know that's such a boring old saying, but um, you know, I, I just it have. It is very important. Though. It's so important. I mean, yes, I'm a psychologist, but I'm also a mum to neurodivergent kids, and I know that if I'm running my own engine a little bit dry, then you know the whole house falls apart. I fall apart. The kids fall apart. Everything falls apart. And while some days I want to throw my hands up in the air and say, it's not my role. You know, that's just me having my inner child tantrum. <laughs> so um, looking after your self-care isn't, it's just not negotiable. It's a necessity. So if you haven't already got mm. a really, really good, um, you know, a, a big variety of self-care uh, strategies to put in the mix. I personally love the work of Kristen Neff, the self-compassion work that she does. Um, so she's mm. written a great book more recently called Fierce Compassion as well that looks at the idea of self-compassion is not just about, you know, the kind, the, the nurturing sort of side of self-compassion that many of us know, which is, you know, how to, how to look after yourself, be kind to yourself, but it's also about how to say no and how to have really firm boundaries. Mm. And I think for our neurodivergent families, um, that's something to keep in mind. So, so self-care first and foremost, then secondly, mm -hmm. um, I love strengths-based practices and helping families to understand uh, what their own strengths are and how to spot strengths in others. Um, we know from the research that when it comes to behavior change, we want to be opting in, you know, the, the old carrot and the stick approach. Yeah, look, some will argue still that it works, but you know, from a neuropsychology perspective, uh, we're so much better off when we can help spot what works well and do more of that. Mm -hmm. um, so helping families gain the language around really recognizing each other's um, genius zones, I know is, is a phrase that many of your families are familiar with and leaning into those and celebrating when that worked well and doing more of what works well and helping to compensate each other within the family with each other's strengths. Because often you'll find in one family, you've got complementary strengths. So where one person maybe falls down, has a growth strength, something they want to work on, somebody else can step in and be the coach or the mentor. Uh, it's a really great way to build trusting and loving relationships. So go self-care, strengths, and fun, you know, making time for fun mm. and joy. I think in the hustle and the bustle of, of families and particularly neurodivergent families and all the stuff we get told we need to and should do, um, I think sometimes we can forget that fun is really important, the power of play. So they'd be my three, my three go-tos for, I'd like to say easy living. Let's say more joy-filled living. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. And it's so true. Like sometimes we can get caught up in all the seriousness of our to-do lists and lives and everything. And 
we forget that we're we're only here for such a short time. Like we should be laughing and like yeah. you know, not all the time. Sometimes we're crying too, but like we should have more joy, you know. Like yeah. We need to be able to hear our kids giggle and slow down enough to actually recognize recognize those joyful moments when they when they appear too. I love all of yeah. those steps. That's really really beautiful advice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've loved having you on the podcast and hearing Aww. what you have to say and what the beautiful, the amazing work that you're doing. Well, thank can you, you tell Sharon. Us where it's, to find you? You sure can. It's been a pleasure to be here. And likewise, I'm, you know, being introduced to you and the work you're doing. Thank you so much for creating space for families like mine to come up with procedures and systems and automating a bit of life to take the hassle out because there is a lot of mud and you help us all move through it with a bit more magic. So thank you. Um, look, you can check out the Posify group. Like I said, the Posify Academy is free um, to jump in and check out. Uh, so that's theposifygroup.com.au or you can go straight to the Academy, Academy me.theposifygroup.com.au sign up um, on LinkedIn, Marianne Power. And um, moving into 2023, where we're setting up my Marianne Power with Messy Magic as well. So come and check out what we're doing there. I'll, I'll share across the link because it's literally going to be going live, I think, as this episode does. So that's really exciting. So yeah, if we've got any so neurodivergent families <laughs> looking for some self-care practices, then yeah, come and play with us over there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. If you loved it, please share it on your socials. I want this to start a conversation about ADHD. If you want to make this mum do a little happy dance, please leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to know more about what we do, check out thefunctionalfamily.com. I truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you use it to create a wonderful, effective joyful life with your beautiful children.